listeners over radio station KKVV to another of the Sabbath services of the Abundant Life Seventh-day Adventist Church. Today we are blessed to have as our special gifts, our special guests, our church, our fellow members from the Philam Church, the Filipino-American Church on East Pecos, the pastor of which is Elder Rodney Bartholomew. The church has a beautiful choir. The choir is here with us today in scintillating colors. And we wish you were here to see them, but you can hear them over the air. And I know that you will enjoy what will follow, which will be a combination of speaking and singing. Pastor Bartholomew is a native of the Philippines. He received his education there, including his Bachelor of Arts degree at the Seventh-day Adventist College in Mountain View, the Mountain View area. He became a, a worker there, a worker by that we mean a pastor and a teacher. He served in several capacities in our academies and in pastoral ministry before coming to the United States by way of Honolulu. He also went from that part of the, our country to the east where he pastored and was a literature evangelist in New Jersey as well as New York and where he also served and encouraged our churches in Washington, D.C. and Virginia Beach, Virginia. He finally retired and went back to the Philippines and was doing just fine when he got a call from the Nevada-Utah Conference to break retirement and come and serve the work for the Filipino community, primarily here in Las Vegas. Since that time, he has done wonders in helping to build the morale and to set directions for the church. And you should know that he is accompanied by his very, very sweet and uh, welcoming wife and you go to that church she's the first one that shakes your hand and says hello sister Bartholomew would you stand please and give her a hearty amen church she sings in the choir uh, just a beautiful group the, the couple the church and pastor Bartholomew is a runner and he ran from Los Angeles to Las Vegas earlier this year over a period of about two months. <laughs> and he did it about 15 miles a day, every Sunday or so, but that's great, isn't it? Amen. That's great. He's gonna live a long time, and we pray that God will continue to give him health and strength to do his will, to preach his word, and to lead his people. After I shall have been seated, the next voice you will hear will be that of Pastor Rodney Bartholomew, and from there on, the morning service will be under his direction as he speaks and the choir sings. Pastor Bartholomew. When I told uh, Pastor Rock that our choir is ready to sing, he said, why don't you come uh, one Saturday night at six? I said, that's, that's good. But after a week, he said, hey, why don't you come on a second service, our worship where everybody is there? I said, that's even better. 
So we're here today. I feel like a small boy standing by the side of the big soldiers of Christ here. But I praise the Lord that uh, the Lord still uses small boys like me and some of you there for the Lord. So whether you are big or small, it really doesn't matter. Because some of these days we will grow up together. We will be as tall as Adam, who is about 15 feet tall, I understand. And isn't that something? No need to jump in the basketball court, right? Yeah, that too. Look down. When uh, we accepted the invitation, I said, yeah, abundant life. There must be a, a lot of abundance of people and abundance of money in abundant life. <laughs> and I think it's good because uh, after running from uh, Loma Linda, California, not Los Angeles, but Loma Linda, California to here, it took me about 15 days. But the Lord was good. We sent letters to people. They put my name in the, in the uh, local paper in Las Vegas, a 69-year-old pastor running to help build a church. So, so our treasurer reported $18,000 came. So praise the Lord. But that is very little. To build a church, to buy a church here probably and the land will probably cost us a million dollars. So we're looking for some millionaires in the area. Well, I hope and pray that the Lord will bless us all. Some people would say, well, why do you have to build? Because Christ is coming anytime now. Well, I told them about the parable of Jesus. Jesus said, occupy till I come. So we just have to go on working, right? So I keep myself uh, physically fit. I live in Henderson, close to the mountains and hills. So I run about three to four miles a day, uh, except Saturday. So if you want to come and join with me, that will be really good. So keep yourself uh, trim and burning because uh, we have to be runners for the Lord, right? One saying says, run for your life or walk for your life. So today, the three-fourths of my sermon will be presented by the choir. I hope you enjoy those two songs. Amen. Let me read to you the last uh, eight songs because we have prepared. I think we'll be able to make it, uh, let's say, about 25 minutes of singing. That will leave me about 10 minutes of preaching. Is that okay? <laughs> we will be singing. We start with, with a voice of singing. You see, we just love to sing. And uh, some people are wondering, why are you Filipinos? Uh, many of you know how to sing. I said, you know, we've got a secret. When we were young in the Philippines and we start to cry, our parents do not, uh, they do something else, you know, to develop our voices. They use the uh, Board of Education in the back of our learning, <laughs> in the seat of our learning, so that we can cry some more and develop our voices. <laughs> of course, it's taboo in the United States, but many parents do that in the Philippines. So probably you have heard some sopranos today, they sing very, very high. Maybe some of them had that experience when they were young. <laughs> you take it uh, with a grain of salt, of course. So we will be singing with the voice of singing, and then, hallelujah, amen. The Lord is my shepherd upon this rock. That's Jesus Christ. And then we believe, and then when Christ comes, there will be a change. And then Jesus is coming, and then the last will be in majesty. He will come. Then I will have my little presentation. 
So let's give the time to our Philam uh, SDA Church Choir of Las Vegas to preach a sermon in eight songs.
The Lord is my shepherd.
Well, it's exactly one o'clock. What do you say? <laughs> if you want me to sit down, I can sit down now and relax. Uh, maybe just 15 minutes, is that okay? I'm a runner, so I do not want to stay long because if you run and run, you know, you get out of breath. <laughs> there were three men who uh, went hunting and all of a sudden they saw a deer and the three of them took aim at the same time and the deer fell. Now the question was, who hit the deer? So the three of them started to debate and argue. They were friends before, but now they started to argue. A forest guard passed by and he said, what's the problem? He said, well, we took aim at the same time and we do not know who hit the deer. Well, the warden said, let me examine the deer. After a few minutes, he said, one of you is a pastor, right? And the pastor said, yes, how do you know that I'm the pastor? Well, your, your, your gun, your, the barrel of your gun, not the barrel, the bullet. The bullet hit the left ear and went through the right ear. And I hope that what I will say today will not pass through the left and go to the right ear. <laughs> Let's have the Bible first. John chapter 3, 1 to 5. John 3, 1 to 5, say amen if you have there. John 3, 1 to 5, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Let's have a little prayer. Father in heaven, we pray for blessing in the short study we have today. This we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Once upon a time, there were two sons of a king who came to their dad and said, Dad, is a gentleman born or made? And you know, we parents, when we do not know the answer, what do you usually do? The king said, what do you think? You do that, right, parents, fathers or mothers? Well, the firstborn said, I believe that a gentleman is made because he has to go to school, he has to go to college, he has to take a degree and be educated and be trained. So he is made. The second son said, I believe that a gentleman is born. The king said, okay, go in a week's time and come back with your answer. I will call all the, all the, all the damas and caballeros, all the great men, in the palace. So the two of them went around and the first son one day went into a bar and he saw a cat standing on its hind legs and serving a cup of tea to the customers. He said, wow, this is it? The cat is strange. The cat is strange. So he went to the owner and said, I would like to buy your cat. And the owner said, no. I said, I'm the son of the king. He'll be dead if you don't. So to make the long story short, he got the cat. He was very happy. On the second to the last day, 
the second boy, the second son was not very fortunate. But one day he came to the store. He saw something that made him smile. He bought the thing, put it in a box with some air, you know. And then the king gathered all of them together and said, Now, first son, show your proof that a gentleman is made. The king was seated by the side of the table and he uh, and, the, and the son opened the box and here came out the cat on his hind legs. And uh, there was a cup of tea there, small cup, and the cat got the cup of tea and served it to the king to surprise everybody. Ah, yes, yes, yes. A gentleman is made. And everybody looked to the second son. What could be his proof that a gentleman is born? Try to guess. Do not ask the film uh, members of the... <laughs> Try to guess. What did, when he opened the box, what came out? Oh, my friend, a rat. A mouse. And when the trained, educated, and well-dressed cat saw the rat, he forgot all about his education and training. <laughs> he ran after the rat and squeezed and hit and bit him in the neck and blood oozed flow. Just to let you know that a well-dressed cat, a trained cat, an educated cat, is still a cat. <laughs> and that is what the Bible says about human nature. Can a leopard change his spot? You can do, you who are sons and daughters of evil. That's all of us. By ourselves, we cannot change ourselves. We cannot change our sinful state. The same is true with people. We can change our clothes. We can change our habits. We can change our vocabulary, our reading level, even our attitude. But according to the Bible, there is one thing that we cannot change by ourselves, and it is our sinful state. Amen. Society would agree with the first son. It says, change the outside and the inside will follow. Give a person education, training, the right habits and the right disciplines and the right environment and the person will be changed. Oh, we try, we really try. We buy clothes, we finish Bachelor of Arts, Master of Arts, Doctor of Divinity, PhD and all that this in the world. But awards, achievements, magna cum laude, summa cum laude could not change a person inwardly. We tell our kids, make something of your life. We tell our fellow workers, as long as you follow the boss, whether he is right or wrong, that's okay. We even tell our fellow church members, just come to church and you will have a better attitude. But peel away the layers, take away the costumes, remove the makeup, take away the coat and tie, the chalico, the wigs, the false teeth, <laughs> all the decorations of the body. And we stand naked, naked before the Lord. We see our own true nature, selfish devilish and candidates for hell. In spite of the counsels from the Bible and the spirit of prophecy to stand firm, to stand true to duty as the needle to the pole, to be men and women who cannot be bought or sold, yet many times in so many circumstances, we tend to compromise. There are many Christians who don't have any backbone whatsoever. They only have wishbone and funny bone, but no backbone. They go where the tide goes. In so many circumstances in life, 
When Bible principles are involved, they are afraid to take sides. In the words of one writer, they do not know which side to take, whether it's any side or the other side, or the left side or the right side, or the wrong side or the correct side. The upside, the downside, or the devil's side, or God's side. Or they should be alongside, or be in the inside, or in the outside. Or whether they should be side by side, or by the sidewalk, or by the poor side, or the rich side, or the gay side. Or the straight side, or the democratic side, or the republican side. They do not know whether they should be in the happy side, or the angry side. Whether they will side with the religious side, or the atheist side or the radical side, or the apathetic side, or the revolutionary side, or the pacifist side, or with the greedy side, or with the cooperative side. Their end, they could either be on the outside or looking on the inside. They finally end in homicide or suicide. <laughs> so, which side are you in? Go to Romans. Romans 8. Uh, seven rather, 18 to 24. You know who is speaking? It's the Apostle Paul. Romans 7, 18 to 24. 7, 18 to 24. For I know, start with 18, that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. 19. If you have the Bible, read it with me. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do, but sin that dwelleth in me. And then go to 24. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see the confession of the Apostle Paul? What a wretched man I am. Describing it in the lowest term, Paul is saying that no matter what I do, how hard I try, how much I strive, I still sin against God. Put clothes on me. Teach me to walk on my hind legs. Take me to the presence of the U.S. president. But let a few beautiful mice or handsome mice cross my trail and boom, the real me comes out. I lose my temper. I forget my purpose. I demand my way. I lie. I lust. I turn. I fall. I fail. Our biggest temptation in Spanish or in Filipino is cuarto. Cuarto means room or cuarta, money. Especially for the men, it's either cuarto with a woman or cuarta or dinero or money. The animal within takes over. Please remember who wrote those words. The Apostle Paul, the missionary, the zealot, the martyr, the Bible writer. But Paul answered his own dilemma by saying, I thank God for saving me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Lesson number two, only God can change us through his Holy Spirit. Amen. That's why he said, ye must be what? Ye must be born again. And then the fruits of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, etc., etc. Uh, two more stories. One very short story. It's about uh, the homes in Japan. The homes in Japan, when they are built, have some hollow spaces between the walls. And one day, a Japanese was trying to, uh, was trying to make some, uh, some uh, changes in, in his wall. And he saw 
that there was a lizard that was stuck between the walls because a nail from outside was hammered into one of its feet. He saw this, felt pity, and at the same time, he was curious. When he checked the nail, it turned out that it was nailed 10 years earlier when the house was first built. He was wondering, how could that lizard be alive after 10 years when the nail got stuck, uh, hit one of his legs? So he stopped his work and observed the lizard, what it had been doing, and what and how it had been eating. Later, not knowing where it came from, appeared another lizard with food in its mouth. Ah, the man was stunned, and at the same time, touched deeply. Another lizard had been feeding the stuck one for the past 10 years. What love, what agape love, right? If a lizard can do that, how much more we human beings if we are really born again? Amen? And husbands and wives, if we are really born again, we have to be patient and long-suffering with our partners in life. Agree? My wife and I have been married for 45 years this year. We do not always agree in one moment, but we can still disagree agreeably. How about that? A very patient wife had a husband who was, all, who was a drunkard. One day, she was surprised to see about 10 of her husband's friends who came to the house. Said, hey, come in, everybody. What can I do for you? Could you be seated? I'll prepare some food for you. After 30 minutes, she went out. And to her surprise, all the friends were gone. And she asked her husband, why are they? He said, well, you know, we're having a contest. Who was the most patient and beloved wife? And I told them, you come to the house. That's why they came. They all went home because they were all defeated. <laughs> and he said, honey, why do you do that to me in spite of the pain I give you, in spite of my being a drunkard, in spite of my being a smoker? Well, the wife said, you know, honey, when the Lord comes, he will bring me to heaven and you will be left by yourself. That's why while we are here together, I will love you for that. And the husband said, oh, honey, I want to go with you to heaven. I'll go to church with you. Isn't that something? One of the fruits of the Spirit is temperance. What is temperance? Total abstinence of the things that are bad and moderate use of the things that are good. For example, we have a problem in this country. There's a lot of abundance of food. When I came to this country, I was only 110 pounds. Yeah, I ran the, I've run about 15 marathons in this country, including Boston. But in spite of the fact, I still, I'm now 129 pounds. So I have actually added about, how many pounds? About 19 pounds. So you see, a moment in the lips, forever in the hips. <laughs> and if you don't exercise regularly, you will have a problem. High blood pressure and all of those things related to those who are really obese. Do not look at other people around. Just look at yourself, okay? We are not here to judge anybody else. Finally, a person who is born again will put Jesus Christ ahead of everything. He will make Christ the center, the best, the last in his life. And here's the story. A very rich man, well known for his 
for his uh, collection of the paintings of uh, people like Michelangelo, Rembrandt, Van Gogh, and uh, other well-known uh, artists. Had a big collection, very wealthy man. His wife died two years before that, and then his son, who was 18 years old, was sent to Vietnam. Unfortunately for the son, he, he was killed in Vietnam. The father was so, was so sad when he heard that story. After three months, somebody knocked at the door, a soldier. Sir, you do not know me, but I was a buddy. I was a partner of your son. Somebody tried to shoot me, but when your son saw that somebody taking aim at me, he covered me with his buddy. And your son was hit and he passed away. He said, sir, I'm very, very sorry, but your son saved my life. And here I brought a picture of your son. I'm not an artist, but I draw it the best I could. And the father said, how much will I pay you? He said, no, he saved my life. So he, he placed that picture right in the, in the sala. When a person comes in, you, he sees the picture. The people see the picture of his son. Six months later, this very wealthy man passed away. And uh, the auctioneer came, made an announcement in the bulletin board. Anybody who would like to, to buy some paintings of Rembrandt and Michelangelo and uh, Raphael and... Uh, and some of those best artists that some of you know, come for that day. So a certain day, a lot of people were there. The auctioneer said, now the auction will start. The first picture to be auctioned would be the picture that you see on the wall. That's the picture of the sun. The people shouted, we, do, we did not come here to see that picture. That's a very ugly picture. Now, why don't you? Why don't you have that Rembrandt and Van Gogh and all of those? The auctioneer said, sorry. But the man in his will before he died said, that is the first picture. Okay, for $500, who will buy that picture? $400, 300 $200, $150, nobody. $20, nobody. $10. The gardener who was taking care of the garden said, sir, this is my only money. He said, well, okay. The picture is yours. And everybody said, now, it's time to see. It's time to, to have the auction for, for all those wonderful paintings. But the auctioner said, sorry, the auction is over. <laughs> said, why? Why? Well, according to the will of the owner before he passed away, whoever gets the picture of the son gets his money in the bank, gets his real estate, gets the mansion, and everything that he possesses. Sorry, but the auction is over. You know what? First John 5.12 says, He who has the Son has life. Yeah. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you have everything. Yeah. And remember the songs of the choir, He is coming again. Yeah. We will be changed. We will be changed from mortal to become immortal. And there will be no more tears. My wife and I lost our son. He was only 38. Until now, we still mourn. But no more tears. No more night, right? He will come again. I hope and pray that if there's anybody here today who has not accepted Christ Jesus as his Savior, please do it now. We never know the future. Because he who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has everything. The Lord bless all of you today.
Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this very practical spiritual reminder of our need of Jesus. For inspiring our singers, our speaker, to give to us again the picture of the Son who is coming again, who has died to save us, and who said, if I go, I will come again. And we bow now to confess that we're tired of this old world and we long for a better place and we long to see the face of the Son who hath made it all possible. And I pause now in my prayer, brothers and sisters, just a moment, to open the doors of the church. We never leave abundant life without giving permission for that man or woman or boy or girl who used to be in Christ but has lost 